Well, good morning, everybody. If you would, stand to your feet. Miss Julie is out of town today, so you're stuck with me, but we're going to worship the Lord, all right? Let's sing it out. Your love awakens me.
face tomorrow because he lives. Amen. Let's sing that together. One, two, three, four. Come on, put your hands together. Help us out.
If you believe that, put a smile on your face and turn around and tell somebody, you sure do look good this morning, all right? Let's have a time of fellowship and then we'll continue on. some good fellowship if you would you can go ahead and find your place and go ahead and be seated so good to see you happy memorial day weekend uh, this is kind of this is unofficially the beginning of summertime and so uh i know many of you might have a three-day weekend and uh, i know you're going to enjoy that uh, we've got a lot of people out on the road today taking advantage of that three-day weekend. But I do want to tell you, be careful, amen? Whatever you do this weekend, be careful. Don't be dumb. Don't be stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is the preacher that's just real blunt with you, amen? Be careful out there. Don't do anything dumb. Have a great time. Have fun. But uh, just be, uh, be aware of everything going on around you. Hey, uh, before we uh, go any further, uh, we do like to do this with visitors. We don't want to embarrass visitors, but we do want to get a record of your visit. So if you're a visitor today for the first or second time, would you just lift up a hand and one of these ushers will get you a card. Amen. Uh, one of my friends over here. Amen. Sir, good to see you. Uh, just fill the card out if you would. There's one there. There's one on the back row there, Brother Gary. And uh, fill that card out. Put that in the basket uh, at the door on your way out. And we're just so glad that you're here today. Amen. Uh, just a few announcements. Uh, we always need help for teachers and helpers to help with children and toddlers on Sunday morning and Wednesday nights. You can see Miss Cindy Bryant if you're willing to help with that. Miss Cindy's over here. See her. Uh, also, just real quickly, we're going to have a real quick meeting after church today, uh, mainly just about uh, Vacation Bible School. I know that's not till uh, August. I think it's August 2nd through the uh, 4th or 5th. Uh, but we do, it's not too early to be talking about it. This is going to be, will be the first preliminary meeting. If you can help with VBS, and we'll be doing it in the evenings, starting on the Wednesday night and going through Saturday. Uh, so if you can be here uh, and help us on those evenings, uh, we're just going to have a real quick kind of introductory meeting today, right after the service. We're going to meet in one of these classrooms over here, the first classroom to the left. So if you're interested and can help us with VBS, uh, just kind of the introductory meeting today so we can kind of get all that started because it will sneak up on us. Amen. Uh, so we've got a lot going on this summer. We'll talk about some more of that. Uh, giving, you can do giving. Uh, we've got envelopes over there. You can do cash or check in the envelope. But we also uh, offer online giving. Here's how you can do that. It's on the screen there. Go to giving.landmarktyler.com. You set it up one time. That's the only time you have to set it up. So you can give in that way also. And uh, when we did the uh, movie night, I would, uh, this is kind of happens, this is on the preacher, but I didn't realize it was a holiday weekend, amen? So, uh, and we've been having internet issues, because uh, uh, the devil's been fighting us on this building back here, amen? Anybody know that? 
Uh, have I talked about it enough? Amen. But the devil was fighting his tooth and nail, and while they were putting the power to this building, they cut the internet. Amen. Uh, so we're still trying to get the internet fixed, and so uh, that doesn't help us in the downloading of all that and everything. So, uh, and with it being uh, a holiday weekend, we're just going to not do the movie night tonight, okay? Um, men's conference, June the 16th at Tony Evans Church. Uh, we already had sign up for that. We've kind of already registered everybody. If you've not turned in your money yet, it's $10 ahead. Uh, if you've not turned in the money, you can see me to go ahead and turn in the money uh, if you, if you want to do that today. And then churchwide picnic and baptisms at the Green Acres Retreat Center. Uh, we will do service on Sunday, June 11th, and then we will go from there uh, out to the uh, Green Acres Retreat Center by Lake Tyler, and uh, we're going to have uh, pulled pork sandwiches and just all the trimmings, and then we are going to do baptisms in the lake. So if you want to be baptized, I've already got at least two or three on the list, uh, go ahead and uh, let me know that you want to be baptized on that day, all right? Uh, also, teen camp at Camp Fuego is on, in July, July 17th through the 21st. We have 25 spots available. Uh, some will need financial help. I've already had some people come forth and say, I want to help with one or two. If you can help uh, sponsor a child, many of our kids uh, are not able to afford it. Uh, I'm not sure on the cost. It uh, was 225 last year. It'll either be that or it may have gone up just a little bit. But uh, I'll get with Brother Martin. He'll be back this week. Uh, and then uh, Vacation Bible School, as I already talked about, August the 2nd through the 5th. It's during the evenings, so we can get more help. So uh, you can come straight off of work and come help us. Uh, we will need volunteer helpers, teachers, and uh, it's Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and then on Saturday we usually do a, a field trip. Amen. So that's what's required of that. And, again, if you can help with that, we'll meet right after a service in the uh, uh, first classroom to the left over there. All right. I think that is everything. If you would, let's all stand, and uh, we're going to continue to worship. And we want to bless the name of the Lord this morning. Amen. I know you want to do that with me. Let's sing it together.
just thank you, Lord. We admit, Lord, whether we know it or not in this place, you've been better to us than we deserve. You've been good to us beyond our wildest dreams, our wildest imaginations. Lord, just the fact that, Lord, we've been, uh, Lord, born in this country. We celebrate the freedoms that we have here. God, you have been so, so good to us. And I pray that we would never forget it, Lord. On our worst day, God, you've been good to us. And so, God, I pray today that, God, you would move in an incredible way. As we talk today about extraordinary bravery, Lord, and boldness, how can we have those things, Lord? As we, as we recognize this weekend those that gave their all, uh, Lord, to preserve the freedoms in our country, Lord, that's the same thing you call us to, to live for the kingdom of God with every last breath. If I have to give it all, then I give it all. And so, Lord, I thank you. God, you deserve it. You are worthy of the praise. You are worthy of everything that we give you in this place today. I pray that it would be pleasing to you. Lord, I don't have anything good to say today, but, Lord, you do. So I ask you, Lord, move me out of the way. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me white as snow. Use me as an empty vessel. And, Holy Spirit, you just come and you inhabit this place and move in every single heart in this room today. We ask it all in the wonderful, powerful, matchless name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord one more clap offering, amen. Amen. You may be seated. If uh, you have children that would like to go to Children's Church, they can meet Miss Cindy over here. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. Let's, uh, let's stop and pray for Miss, uh, Miss Barbara Deal. Uh, if you did not know... Uh, her husband, Brother Walter, they have, uh, uh, they, uh, he has been on hospice care for the last couple of days, and so I believe they've called the family in, so he may be ready to make that transition home uh, from what's temporary here to what's eternal. And so let's pray for Brother Walter in that transition, and let's pray for his family, okay? Father, we love you today. We want to pray specifically right now for Brother Walter, Miss Barbara, and the entire family, Lord. I pray, God. For Brother Walter, Lord, I just pray that your presence would be in that very room with all of them. I pray that you'd give peace and comfort to the family. And God, I thank you that, God, we have the hope of heaven. And we know that Brother Walter was saved. We know that, Lord, he's given his heart and his life to you. So, Lord, he's fixing to pass from what is temporary and painful in this life to what is eternal. No more crying, no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering with you. And so, Lord, I just pray for a smooth transition. Lord, as he crosses over, Lord, and I thank you that he'll be celebrating with you. And, Lord, I just want to pray, Lord, but the ones left behind, we're the ones that struggle, Lord. And so I pray, God, just be with the entire family, Lord. Wrap your arms around them. Help us as a church to minister to them. And, uh, Lord, let them know that we love them and care for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, there's our children going to get a wonderful lesson if you want to go and help. Um. And the rest of you are stuck with me for a few minutes, okay? Hey, I'm going to show you uh, this video. Um, you know, today, if you did not know it, is Memorial Day weekend. And many of you, maybe all we really get out of that is a little time off work. Maybe you don't even get that. Uh, and it's a three-day weekend, and we think, well, that's all there is Memorial Day. Memorial Day is a time to remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for our country and for our freedoms. Uh, you see, you and I, we celebrate freedom here in America today, but it is not free. It costs 
somebody something, amen? And it costs a lot of families, their loved ones, and it costs some men their very lives, amen? And so that's, I wanted to show you this video on what we are uh, celebrating this weekend, and then I'm going to preach you a message based on how do we have that extraordinary bravery? These men gave their all and fought for our country. How can we do that same thing for the kingdom of God? Watch this video, if you will. In every generation, they stand. In every generation, they serve. In every generation, they sacrifice. For two and a half centuries, on land, sea, and in the air, they fought and died for an idea bigger than themselves. They are the Americans of every race and faith who swear a sacred oath of honor and live it to the last. And when that moment comes, they lay down their lives for the country they love, protecting their comrades, their families, and their nation. They are the bold angels now, examples to us all. On this day, let us honor their sacrifice and call upon ourselves to walk in their footsteps boldly, for they have led the way to the America we must be. The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. Mm. So tomorrow, when you're swimming in that pool, or you're down at the lake, or you're eating that hot dog, or eating that homemade ice cream, remember exactly what this day is for. Amen. It's remember those who gave everything so that we could still continue to enjoy those freedoms. Now, that video talked about that uh, they took a sacred oath of honor. Anybody that's been in the military knows this, that you stand and you take a sacred oath of honor. And part of that oath of honor is that I will do everything to defend my country and the freedoms of that country, it even give my all, which means if it takes to my very last breath. And so I wanted to turn that around today because, you know, uh, you and I as Christians, that's exactly what God has called us to do. Not to fight for a country but to fight for a kingdom, the kingdom of God. And you and I, what, what stands in the way of you and I standing before God, raising our hand, our right hand, and taking an oath before God, saying, Lord, I will give my all. I will give to my very last breath. Can you imagine, I know many of you have seen the movie Saving Private Ryan and those type of movies, and can you imagine what that was like to storm those beaches on D-Day? And do you think those guys were scared? Do you think those guys, it took uncommon bravery just to get off the boat, didn't it? But it's amazing what can happen when you set your mind to say, I'm going to fight and I'm going to give my all. You see, that, that, it, at that point, it becomes a matter of survival. The matter of survival is I know one of us is not going to walk away from this fight. One of us is not going to walk away from this fight. I may have to die. They may have to die. Do you know there's a verse in the Bible that talks about an enemy that you and I have? And it says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So what you and I need to understand is you are walking into a battle every single day. Now, it's all about your mindset. And when you get in a battle, if you are in hand-to-hand -hand combat with somebody and it is a fight to the death, your mind takes on a different mindset. 
I am now fighting for my survival. I know that one of us is not going to walk away from this fight. That's the way you need to approach every day. As you go to battle Satan, that's why the Bible talks about putting on the full armor of God. Did you know that when you walk out of the house and you don't take your shield with you, your shield of faith, and you don't take your sword of the Spirit and the Word of God, and you don't put your helmet of salvation, your breastplate of righteousness, your belt of truth, and your shoes of peace on, you are walking into a battle totally unprepared, and guess what? You'll be dead within five seconds. And most of us as Christians, that's the way we live our lives. But we need to go in with the mindset of it's a battle, and it's a battle to the death. And so I'm going to give my all. You see, when it comes time for bravery and uncommon valor, we have two choices. We can shrink back and we can wring our hands and say, oh, God, look how bad things are. Oh, and it's just going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And I want to tell you, that is not the attitude God wants us to have. Because I'm here to tell you, I've read the back of the book and we win. Amen. I've read the back of the book. We win. And we need to go into it as a fight, prepared to fight to the very last breath. Amen. So rather than shrink back and have anxiety, worry, fear, God didn't call us to any of that. In fact, all of that is labeled as a sin. Amen. So when I have anxiety, worry, or fear, I'm entering into sin. You know what the Bible does call us to? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am to go and fight the good fight. Amen. I am to go into battle every single day, and I'm going to give my all, and I'm going to fight it till my very last breath. Amen. And that is uncommon valor, uncommon bravery. That's what it takes to do what these men did that gave their lives. And it's also what God calls us to, to defend the kingdom. Amen? You cannot just stand around and wring your hands. Listen, and you may say, well, I don't, Brother Mark, that's asking a lot. I don't, I don't want to die. I got news for you. You're already dying. Amen? You're going to die. I'm going to die. Unless the Lord Jesus comes back first, you're going to die. Amen? And so I might as well Go out giving a fight. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out fighting. I'm going to go out swinging, and we're going to go out giving my very last breath. Amen. So we're going to talk about uncommon valor today. It come, uh, the scripture today is Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And this is Paul. And I want to stop in the very first part because the very first part of this, we've read this probably verse many times. Paul says this, be anxious for nothing. Now, what do we say nothing is? Nothing is just nothing. But I want to break that word down. What does nothing actually mean? The word uh, actually is broken down into mean no thing. Be anxious for no thing. Now, if you and I are to admit it, we get way caught up on a lot of stuff, don't we? A lot of things. And you know where most of your worry, anxiety, and fear, and wringing of your hands comes from? Your things. Your stuff. You are to be anxious for no thing. Because the Bible tells me that that's going to rot, rust, or fade away. Only the things that are stored up in heaven are the things that are going to last. And so what you need to understand is, where does most of that anxiety, worry, fear, wringing of my hands come from? My stuff and my things, worrying about my finances, my money. I got news for you. You're going to die one day, and somebody in your family is going to spend your money and probably in a foolish way. That's just the way it is. Amen. All that time we spent saving all that money up so we'd be able to, and that one day you're going to die and somebody else will spend that and you have no say over how they spend it. So if you're laying up treasures here on earth, you're wasting your time. That's why the Bible tells us you store up your treasures in heaven. They're the only things that won't rot, rust, or fade away. 
Amen? So that's why, how, Brother Mark, how in the world do I get rid of anxiety, worry, and fear? Give your stuff to the Lord and say, it don't belong to me anyway. It's his, and if he wants to take it away, then take it away. Amen? Now, I'm going to preach good this morning. Whether you want to join me or not, that's up to you. Amen? But I'm here to tell you, be anxious for no thing. Get rid of the things in your life. Because we set up idols in our life, don't we? we uh, the first thing men do, men were some of the worst. What's the first thing when you meet a guy? Well, what do you do? Well, I uh, wake up every day. And uh, what, what's the first thing men go to? What does that mean? What's your job? Where, where you go to every day, what's your job? And our identity is in that job. And our identity is in what is the paycheck and how high can we get the paycheck? How, how high can we get the benefits? How, may, how much toys can I buy if I get the paycheck up, 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 and up? And, and all we do is buy more stuff. And can I tell you this? More stuff, more problems. More money, more problems. Amen? So if I have the attitude of none of it's mine anyway and whatever the Lord gives me, it belongs to him. So if he wants to take it away, that's up to him. That takes all the anxiety, the worry, and the fear out of it, doesn't it? Now, Paul wrote this. Let's, let me finish it. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Eight. Technical difficulties. We're going to blame it on the Internet. Amen. That darn Internet, that's of the devil. Amen. Uh, no. So, uh, oh, seven. I'm sorry. It ju is just seven. I'm sorry. That's you. That was the preacher's fault. Amen. That tech team is off the, off the, uh, off the deal there. That's, that's on me. Sorry. I'm trying to go on when I don't need to be going on. Paul commands for us uh, to be anxious for nothing. He wrote this letter from a palace. He wrote this letter from a lounge chair near the pool. He wrote this letter from the top of the Four Seasons Hotel. Mm. Dingy prison cell. Musty, nasty prison cell. Here's a guy writing about, don't worry about it. You remember saying this? This was a big saying back in my day. Ain't no thing. You remember that? Ain't no thing. What did that mean? That mean just... Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, it ain't no thing. That's what Paul's basically saying. He's in a nasty, dingy, nasty, smelly prison cell. And Paul just says, it ain't no thing. Be anxious for nothing. I'm here in this nasty prison cell, and I'm telling you, don't worry about it. Don't worry about nothing. Let the peace of God enter you, give you peace. You don't have to have that anxiety, that worry, and that fear. He's writing that. While he's in the worst possible place. He dismissed his reasons for anxiety and was able to find the peace of God. Notice what I said. He dismissed his reasons for anxiety. Where is most of the battle, as with most things? Right up here. Amen. If you want to live in anxiety, worry, and fear, that's up to you. That is your mindset. And you need to change your stinking thinking. Amen. You need, as Brother Mike used to say, you need a checkup from the neck up. Amen? So, uh, understand this. The Greek word that Paul used in Philippians 4 was uh, marinate, which means needless anxiety or genuine concern. All right? So, this word means needless anxiety or 
genuine concern. Now, can you have genuine concern and not have anxiety if you choose to? Yes. Now, I'm not telling you that there's nothing to worry about. I am telling you it's your choice of whether you worry about it or you lay it at the feet of Jesus or you lay it at the foot of the cross. So there are genuine concerns. There are definitely things to be concerned about. There are things in your life. There are things in your family. There are things that you worry about. Uh, and you have the choice of whether to worry of those or bring them to the cross and lay them at the feet of Jesus. Our problem is I don't like to give control. Everybody in this room, look at me. You got control issues. No, I, Mark, I don't. Yes, you do. All of us do. To some degree. Now, some of you got a lot worse than others. Amen. But we all like to be in control. And if I give it to the Lord, what am I doing? I'm relinquishing control. And I don't like that. Because even if I give it to you today, I want to come back tomorrow and pull it back. That's the way we live our lives. So understand, uh, there are genuine concerns. You don't think Paul had genuine concerns? Yes, he did. But he said, I've learned to dismiss my anxiety by my renewed mind in Christ. Amen? All right. It's good preaching. I don't know if you ever learned or not. All right. I need discernment. I need discernment. It's possible to have genuine concern, but not to be anxious and to trust God with all things. Did you hear me? All things. I can trust it all with him. Brother Mark, what about the state of the world today? What about our administration? What about everything going on? I get it. But guess what? They're only there because God allowed them to be there. He's still on the throne. He is still accomplishing his will. He's accomplishing his purposes. Brother Mark, you tell me it'll get worse before it gets better? Yes, I will. And I say, it ain't no thing. Don't even worry about it. He's got it all under control. Guess what? It is all going according to his plan. Just settle down. Settle down. I'm going to give you five little things at the end. And one of them is, just breathe. Just breathe. We get so anxious and we get so tied up. Many of you, you come to me and you just, oh, dear. oh, and I, many times I just, stop. Just breathe. Amen. We've got to stop. All right. Understand this. What, here's what happens. We get waves of anxiety. Have you ever been there? Anybody here ever been on anti-anxiety medication? Hey, see this hand right here? Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Sometimes we go through traumatic events. Sometimes we go through things in our life, and we need it for maybe a short period, maybe for a long period. But I'm here to tell you, here's what happens. You know what happens when you have an anxiety attack? I first started having anxiety. With, I had an anxiety attack, and probably like many of you, I thought I was having a heart attack. Because it's the same symptoms as a heart attack. Your heart begins racing. You can't catch your breath. And at the time, I was riding to Longview, and thank God, uh, my son Matthew was driving. The Lord watching out. Amen. And so um, the church I used to serve at in, in over there, we were going there. I was going over there to meet with somebody. And I said, get to the church as quick as you can. I'm going to call 911. So I thought I was having a heart attack. We get to church. Ambulance shows up. They take me in. Maybe this has happened to you. Uh, they checked me through the EKG, the whole thing. Nope, heart's fine. Brother Mark, what you probably had is an anxiety attack. And at the time, I was going through a lot of personal things, going through a lot of things in my, uh, in my family. And uh, that's exactly what it was. And so I had to be on some medication for a little while. And I'm here to tell you that what that felt like was when I was having it was just these waves 
of just hopelessness and these waves of anxiety and these waves of just that heart racing. So you get waves of anxiety. It's not what you go through. It's how do you go through it. So I'm going to give you five things that bring those waves of anxiety. Number one is words. Words. How do you speak to yourself? Do you speak negatively to yourself? Or do you speak positively to yourself? When we speak negatively, we drown in the wake of our own words. You know why many of you have low self-esteem? Because you tell yourself you're not worth anything. You know why many of you struggle in your life and who you belong to? Because it's in your own life, all right? So many times we are drowning in our own words and our own negativity, amen? All right, number two thing is approach. Adjustments in our preparation can eliminate our anxiety. I've heard, listen, anybody can talk and gripe and moan. But if you want to change it, all the gripping and the moaning in the world and the complaining does not change anything, does it? So many times it's in the approach that we have. All right, I'm struggling in this area, but I don't want to just talk about it. I want to do something about it. And so we, we need to change our approach. Don't just talk about it. Talk is cheap. All right? And we can just talk, talk, talk. And I'm here to tell you, and it's wonderful to talk. Listen, we all need to talk. That's what having a counselor does. Sometimes you're just able to unload and vent. But guess what? If you don't change, nothing will change. That's pretty common sense, and it makes sense, but how come we don't do it? If you don't change, there will be no change. All right? If you aim at nothing, you will hit it. You can say it a hundred different ways. So here's the thing. I must have an approach and say, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to have this anxiety, worry, and fear. So I need to change my approach, and I need to have a plan of attack. Number three, voices. Whose voice are you listening to? Jesus' voice has the power to calm the waves, but the wrong voices stir up the waves. You ever seen that? Remember Peter says, Lord, I see you walking on the water. I want to come out there to you. And remember, they were all, then they had the, all the disciples on the boat, and the, the waves are tossing. They think they're all going to be killed on the boat, and they wake Jesus up because Jesus ain't worried about it. Jesus is like, oh, this is a little storm. What are you all worried about? And he says, peace, be still, and he calms the waves. The, power, the voice of Jesus has that same power today to calm the waves in your life, calm the storms in your life. But many times we're not listening to the words of Jesus. We're listening to the words of everybody around us. We're listening to the news. We're listening to social media. We're listening to this. We're listening to that. We're listening to everybody but Jesus. Amen? The voice of Jesus has the ability to calm the storms, but all the other voices stir the waves up and make the waves roll higher and higher and higher. So we choose. We choose who we're listening to, the voices. Number four, expectations. Many of us live with expectations way too high. Some of you suffer with perfectionism. You know what happens when you try to hit perfect every time? You fail every time because you will never hit it. Amen? Some of us need to have the lowered expectations. Amen? Uh, we get anxious when we expect life to be easy rather than preparing for opposition and attacks. My daddy used to say it this way. He'd say, I'm going to expect the worst, or I'm going to prepare, expect the best, but prepare for the worst. Amen? That's pretty good advice, because I'm here to tell you, 
Uh, it's okay. To, uh, you want to have a positive attitude, but if you set your expectations too high, many times you're not going to meet them. If you lower those expectations, you say, you know, if the Lord uh, lets us have a good day, then that's, that's good enough for me. Many of us, we get up every morning, and whatever situation hits us first, that gauges how that day is going to go. I told a story in Sunday school about the guy spilling a big glass of orange juice on his computer, and the guy on the other end said, you're not cussing, you're not mad, you're not throwing a fit. Uh, and he says, no, it's just a thing. No thing. It's just a thing. And they got another one down there at Best Buy. I'll just go get another one. That's all about proper attitude, isn't it? Now, you can choose to let that dictate your day, your week, or even your year. Or you can just say, you know what? That computer belonged to God anyway. So if God wants me to get another one, bless God, I'm going to go down Best Buy and get another one. Amen. That's a proper attitude. It's all in the approach. It's all in the expectation. Listen to me. Life is not going to be easy. If somebody told you that when you became a Christian, life is going to be easy, they lied to you. Did you discover that? They lied to you. Life is not going to be easy. Why? Because there is an enemy who wants to, we've already said it, steal, kill, and destroy everything good in your life. And so I have to go as if I'm going to battle with him every single day. All right? So expectations. Uh, number five is shame. Now, this is a big one for a lot of us. A lot of us are living in shame. We cannot get over the past. We cannot get over something that we did that was stupid. Uh, and uh, we can't. The hardest person to forgive is to forgive yourself. And so many of us, we're living in that past. And that's where all that negativity comes from. That's where all those negative voices come from. Many times, the biggest negative voices are coming from you bouncing back off that mirror because you're telling yourself that. You're not worthy. You're just sorry. You're sticky. You're scum. You're nothing. God can't use you. And you're talking to yourself. All right? And we cannot live in that shame. Was Jesus' blood and righteousness enough? That was not very convincing. Was Jesus' blood and righteousness enough? Yes. Then it's enough. Let it go. Amen? Uh, you cannot live in your shame or in your past. When we walk in shame, we walk in the dread of past, and you will live in paranoia. Have you ever lived in paranoia? You know what paranoia is? Always looking over your shoulder. Somebody's out to get me. Somebody's right, right around the corner. Somebody's to get me. And you've got to understand, you don't want to live in shame and paranoia. When I live under the protection and the favor of God, and I ask God, Lord, would you put a hedge of angels around me and a hedge of protection? then I, don't, I can walk through life and I don't have to worry about it. Why? Because I have the favor of God and I have the presence of God and he has his favor on me because it ain't no thing. Amen? It ain't no thing because I belong to God. He protects me. He's got his hand of favor on me. And that doesn't mean everything's going to be easy. It just means that his hand of protection is on me. Okay? So I don't have to walk around in that shame. I don't have to walk around in that dread. And I don't have to walk around in that paranoia. Oh, there's a person here, and they know the bad things I've done in my past. What's going to happen? I don't know. doesn't really matter. If God forgave you, if they can't forgive you, that's on them. I'm sorry if they can't forgive you. I'm sorry if they can't get past it, but that's not my issue. That's their issue. Amen? If God's forgiven me, that's all I need to know. If the blood of Jesus has covered it, and I move on. Now, you've heard me before. Again, we can sin, and we can be forgiven. Doesn't necessarily mean we get rid of the consequences. But I'm here to tell you, uh, God can forgive it, 
Forgive it as far as the east is from the west. Amen. And you don't have to walk around in that shame or that dread anymore. All right. Let's look at the next scripture. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. It says this, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling up. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. Now, let's stop right there. This is the Son of God heading towards a cross. And crucifixion, the worst death known to man, and he knows it. Do you think if anybody had the right to have anxiety, worry, fear, and have insomnia and not be able to sleep, it would be Jesus? What's he doing? Ain't no thing. Ain't no thing. Because I know this has got to happen, and I know it's all the will of my Father. He's in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And the, the waves are tossing, the boat's rocking. And they awake him, and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now, notice this. Uh, most of us want to portray like we're, we're full of the Holy Ghost and worried about everybody else, but that ain't what they say. Teacher, do you not care that we, you're the Son of God. Why didn't they say, Teacher, don't you care? You're going to die, and you got a purpose. No, they were, Teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? All right? And then it goes on. Then he arose. He rebuked the wind, said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? What was the question he asked them? Go back one verse. What was the question he asked them? How is it that you have faith? No faith. When we get caught up in the things of this world and the stuff of this world, that's why we're going to stand around wringing our hands all the time. But when we give it all to him and lay it all at his feet and say, it don't belong to me anyway. That house you live in, I'm going to set some of you free right now. That house you live in, that ain't your house. That's God's house alone to you. That job that you have that you think you're so good and talented and gifted at, you only got it because God allowed you to have it. And guess what? They could walk in tomorrow and say, ah, we don't need you no more. They just created a computer that will do that. It can happen. I'm here to tell you, you only have it because God allowed you to have it, and it's on loan to you until the day you die. Because on the day you die, there ain't no hearse with a U-Haul, and you're not taking it with you, and somebody else will take it, Somebody else will drive your car. Somebody else will live in your house. Somebody else will spend your money. Amen? So we, why do you have no faith? It doesn't belong to you anyway. Well, Brother Mark, I'm very good at my job. That's why I have that job. No, it's not. It's because God allowed you that, and it is his blessing to you to pay your bills, and then one day you'll be gone. Do you know when you either retire or die how long it will take them to fill that job? Not very long. Many of you the very next day. Amen? So we can fool ourselves all we want. None of it really matters. All right? We understand. We are like the disciples that many of our worries never come to pass. You ever spent time worrying a month or six months or a year over something? 
and you just wring in your hands and you can't, oh my gosh, this is going to happen. Oh my Lord, it's all going to come crashing down. And after a year, somebody comes and says, oh yeah, oh by the way, that ain't going to happen. And you just wasted a month, six months, a year. Did you know that about 90% of all that stuff we stress over, worry about, 90% of it never comes to pass? Again, it's all up here. Now I'm going to give you five things, and these are life-changing. You said you already gave us breathe. That's, that's our earth-shattering right there, breathe. Amen. All right? <laughs> now they're simple, but they're very true. So here they are. Write them down or take a picture of them, all right? How to be brave. Number one, I already said it, breathe. Stop and breathe in God's presence and breathe out his grace. Stop. Whenever anxiety, worry, or fear overtakes you, um, after I had that episode and I had that anxiety attack, I went and I saw a counselor. And you know what the counselor told me? They gave me some breathing exercises to do to help me to calm down. Maybe you've had those too. And they were things that I can do to help me to breathe. In other words, when I feel those waves coming on, stop, clear my mind, and just concentrate on breathing. And all of a sudden, they don't totally go away, but the waves subside, and it helps. It really did help. Amen. So learn to breathe. breathe, And don't just breathe in air. Breathe in God's presence and breathe out his grace. All right? Number two, remember. Remembering God's faithfulness in our past helps us believe that he will fight for us today. When you, ha when you have doubts that God can handle it, remember how he handled something else in your life. Remember God's goodness. We sang that song today about his goodness. He's been faithful. You can remember, we could tell stories all day long in this room about God's goodness and God's faithfulness. Sometimes in the heat of the moment, you've got to remember, oh, yeah, God can handle this. He handled that, and I know he can handle this today. So just stop. Just stop. Okay? Number three, ask. Sometimes, this is real earth-shattering, Sometimes God is waiting for you to ask him for something. You have not because you, you see, again, God's a king, not a beggar. He's not going to beg you to come to him. No more than he's going to beg you to love him or give your life to him. You must choose to do that. And so many times he's waiting for us to ask him, Lord, would you give me courage? Lord, would you give me peace? Lord, would you give me boldness? Lord, would you help me to get rid of this anxiety, worry, and fear? Ask him. Number four, visualize. Even when you can't see Jesus in your storms, you can visualize him with the eyes of our hearts. I've told you all about this. Some of my best quiet time is when I drive. Because every one of us got to get in the car every day, don't we? And many times that driving from to, to work or driving home from work or driving from point A to point B, you got about a 15 or 20-minute window. And so many times I will get in my car, purposely turn the radio off, and just start talking to the Lord. And some of my best conversations in quiet time are in the car with the Lord. And you know what I do? Now, don't make fun of me, but just to help me out, I'm in the driver's seat. I look over there to the pastor's seat, and what do you think I see over there in that pastor's seat? I see Jesus. I visualize Jesus in the passenger seat. And I, as I'm talking to him, and then I shut up, 
We talked about that this morning in Sunday school, too. A, a one-sided conversation with Jesus don't really accomplish much. I have to shut up, and then I say, I look over to the passenger seat, and I say, Jesus, what do you want to tell me today? And I visualize him telling me that today. Brother Mark's going crazy. It just, it just helps me, amen? Because I consider him my friend. He says he's closer than a brother. So it helps me to visualize that. Now, I'm not saying don't go out on the road and make people think you done lost your mind, amen? But it, it helps me. And to, to think that he's there with me, because he is there with me, but it helps me to visualize him, all right? All right? And then the last is this, elevate. When you go up in a plane, what happens? The atmospheric pressure decreases. That's why they have to have oxygen mass in the airplane, because when you get above a certain altitude, the pressure increases, and, and, then, uh, and then you've got to have uh, the, the oxygen mask. Uh, we elevate our perspective by praising God. What does elevate mean? It means if I want to get closer to the Lord, I need to walk with him. I need to be with him. I need to spend time with him, which means I need to shut up and listen to him. And then when it's time to praise him, begin to praise him. Did you know that the Bible says one of our biggest weapons against the enemy is praise and worship? To begin to worship the Lord? Because when you begin to worship the Lord, all of your problems, they don't go away, but they seem to shrink in the light of Jesus. As I elevate myself, my problems seem to diminish. Again, they don't go away. They're still there after I get through praising. But now I have a different attitude about them. Now I have a different perspective with, about them. Now I have a different mindset. So much of what I'm talking about today is your mindset. And so today, on this day of Memorial Day, I would ask you to say, Lord, I'm going to give my all. Just as if we were standing in the military office today, and we would all raise our right hand. In fact, I kind of wanted to end with this today. Would you raise your right hand and just say this after me? Dear Jesus, you are my Lord and King. And I commit to you that I will give my all to serve you to the death to my very last breath and I will give it all for you amen I'm here to tell you that's what God has called us to do all that stuff you're spending all that time with I have a word I use my family hates it but it's wasted energy how much time do we just waste so much energy on stuff that really doesn't matter that's not going to get us anywhere and all it's going to do is send us deeper down the hole how many of us send ourselves deeper down the hole? Sometimes we like going down the hole because depression feels comfortable sometimes. Did you know depression, you can, you can become addicted to your depression because I just want to lay in this bed all day. I just want to pull the covers over my head. I don't want to talk to anybody. That is dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. But you are doing it to yourself. You will send yourself further down the hole because it's comfortable. Can I tell you today, Dig yourself out of the hole. He does not want you to live that way. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? I'm going to ask the band to come back up. I'm going to ask you today. I'm going to ask you to say, Dear Jesus, uh, Lord, I, I, I don't know if I were to die right now, if I would go to heaven or if I would go to hell. And that's okay today. You can know for sure because he's as close 
as a prayer away. Amen. And I always want to give you the opportunity. If you're here today and you say, well, Brother Mark, I've been saved, but I have wandered far, far away from the Lord, and I need to recommit myself to him, you can also say this prayer. He is never farther than just a prayer away. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you today, would you just pray this prayer with me in your heart, your mind, and your spirit? Just say, dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I know that I need you. And I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And Lord, right now, the best way I know how, I ask you to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and save me. I commit myself to you. Now, every head bowed, every eye still closed. If you prayed that prayer, I don't want to embarrass you, but I would love to pray for you today. Would you just lift up a hand if you prayed that prayer today for the first time or as a prayer of recommitment? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Hands all over. Now, today, we're going to have a time to respond. We're going to have a time of invitation. If you need to come pray at this altar, you can come pray at this altar. If you need somebody to pray for you, I would be honored to pray for you. You need to come and join this church. You can come and do that. If you would just need to come and uh, just if you raise your hand, you can just come and say, "Brother Mark, I prayed that prayer today, and I'll I'll take care of the rest." Father, I just ask that you have your will and your way right here in this place today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand. Brother Andrew's going to play. As he plays, you come. You can come to the altar. If you need somebody to pray over you, you come. If you prayed that prayer and raised your hand, just come and tell me that today as Brother Andrew plays today. Let's end today with a great song about the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain full of love. Amen. Let's sing it together.
Father, we love you. God, we thank you for that fountain filled with blood. We thank you for your willingness to give of yourself and to die on that cross for our sins, the sins of all mankind. And Lord, we pray, God, may we give you our lives. May we give you until our very last breath. May we spend it serving you and furthering the kingdom of God. Give us great boldness. Give us great bravery, Lord. And I pray that, God, you would move in our hearts and lives. Help us as we walk out these doors to share the gospel and share our faith with others. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. You are dismissed. Don't forget, if you're interested in VBS, we're going to have a quick meeting in the first classroom to the left.